Hello and a big warm welcome to you to the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning podcast with Marion Rose and Joss Golden. We are really passionate about practicing aware parenting and natural learning together and would love to offer you information and inspiration to support you if you feel called to practice these in your family too. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose. And I'm Joss Golden. And today's episode is all about an amazing documentary by Carol Black called Schooling the World. So we really want to acknowledge Carol for this incredible piece of work that she was clearly like so many hours of love and care put into. And I've watched it many times and it really had a huge effect on me the very first time I watched it and still every single time. It's really so incredibly powerful. Yes, it's a really extraordinary film and it really shifted so much for me. The first time I watched it and each time I watch it again and watching it this time also and the conversations that we've had around it this time has also really deepened my awareness and understanding about lots of important things that are just held to be true in our culture but actually seem to me to be completely untrue. Exactly. Yeah, should we share a little bit to start with about our responses and how we were affected when we the first time, maybe even or that and subsequent times as well, the effect that this has had watching mm-hmm. her movie? Yeah, I think initially for me, the first time I watched it, I was just really so touched by the fact that what I'd taken to be true forever, and that is that education is what saves people from poverty, and that education is a good thing, and that or the Western model of education is there as a for the salvation of people all around the world is actually not the case at all. And in fact, this is a very detrimental process to people who are living all over the world for whom this globalized Western education model is not a fit at all. And that was what I was most struck by the first time I watched it and how devastating that impact is for lo- for people living all around the world who are losing that connection then with their culture, with their language, with their knowledge, with the wisdom of hundreds of thousands of years of their ancestors to be replaced by this very narrow definition of what knowledge is that has come through, which again is also about disconnecting people from their culture and instead connecting people with this Western capitalist system, which doesn't really serve anybody except the elite. So that's that was my what I was most struck by the first time. What about you? Yes, for me, it was a combination of that as well as similarly seeing like how strong my conditioning had been. I'd always been like, yes, you see so often, don't you, people who make lots of money and they're like, okay, I'm going to set up a school for girls in some country or other. And that's so much often seen as like really helpful thing to do rather than actually, who is it? Is it Helena Norberg Hodge in there? I think says actually that we see that development and aid and all those things is actually getting rid of poverty, but it's actually those things that have created poverty in these countries. And so initially it was that, but it was also this sense almost of seeing, I cried and cried and cried the first time, seeing these examples, and I can still remember them and we'll share about them during this podcast, of people in the process of being disconnected from their culture, their heritage, their family, their ancestors, their language, their bodies, all of it in ways that's already happened to us and did Mm. happen to us through colonization, whether that's even from those of us who have more of a, you and I with an English heritage that 
we were actually mine was originally Scottish that so my ancestors would have spoken Gaelic and Pictish and so it really helped me grieve and mourn what I've already lost which I don't even see I've lost so for me it was that process of seeing and oh no it's still happening it's still happening all over the world so if I can use that word successfully like it's very powerful this process where people get tricked into thinking that they want this and then it's going to be better for them and it's it's so not <laughs> it's the opposite yeah yeah yes and I think the other thing that I think they describe so well in the film and I'm sure we're going to go on and talk about that more but that we see this as the epitome of great education and yet when we look at the results of this education system in the so-called developed world we see so many failings of our education system. So on the one hand, it's being sold to people around the world as their salvation from poverty. And on the other hand, we can see how it's actually failing so many people and creating such so many significant challenges in our developed democracies around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Most of all, is that, and I was just sharing with you just before we blessed record, is at the, at the end, I was really not struck. I was really really had this felt sense of the different embodied quality of people who still live in an intact, healthy culture compared to those who had been then schooled and then were going off to these big cities. And often there's the one boy, wasn't it? The teenage boy. Do you remember he shows that? And I was just crying. He says, and he said, I wrote it down. I miss Ladakh. Home is home. You've seen it. It's like heaven. But the, all these teenage teenagers and people in their 20s in these big cities really lost and I don't even I forgot where I was starting what did I even start off with oh but seeing the difference seeing the difference on a deep embodied level of and I don't even know how to name it something like self-respect but it isn't that it's something like this knowing of that they belong of meaningfulness of just like I belong here that I see is so missing and is the cost of this yeah this way of being that is taking over the world mm. which is the opposite of that isn't it it's like a lack of belonging disconnection often this education system creates all kinds of self-judgment self-doubt self-criticism comparison competition all these ways that are actually crippling to human beings. And we see it all the time, don't we? As people working with people are getting free from that. It takes a lot of time to get free from those years of being told, no, this is wrong. This is right. You have to do this. You should do that. Yours is worse. Yours is better. It's, it is crippling to the human being. Yeah. Yes. And that power of that powerful contrast between the people who are living in a connected way with each other and with their land to people who are living in a very disconnected way but also I've forgotten where I was going to go with that Mm. it'll come to you yeah 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 it'll come yes and the second time sorry today's when I was watching it in preparation for this conversation today I was really shocked to see evidence of my cultural bias. And in fact, that's what I was going to say. I was going to talk about how particularly disconnecting it is and how particularly damaging it is when not only are we removing people from their cultures and their with the wisdom and the deep respect of their cultural setups and systems and beliefs, but we are also imposing on them 
this westernized model at the same time as most countries around the world have experienced colonization. And as a result of that, they already have this felt sense as a way of, as a result of the way that they've been treated, that we are superior as white people going in there, telling people how to educate their children and in every other way too. And so there is already this power imbalance and we're adding to that by going in and then forcing everybody around the world to submit to this westernized model of education that is not a fit for them and is so damaging. So horrific, wasn't it? Was it Manish Jain who was saying one of the biggest effects is the elders in the culture actually no longer valuing their knowing and that she would say so often you'd go to talk to was it him i think yes talking to that to elders and they would say oh i don't know anything i asked my son or my granddaughter because they're they're in they're at school and they're in year x y and z and these people are so full of wisdom and they know how they've survived for millennia and they know and they were showing at the same time that I think the filmography is that the word is so beautiful because the what how they the pairing of the the video at the same time as the speak and they're showing at the same time this person this woman rolling up this beautiful handmade woven beautiful cloth that's been made out of they didn't show that but presumably you know goats or whatever the so they're caring for the animals and they're making beautiful things they grow all their own food they live they live in this beautiful sustainable way that paradoxically of course so many of us are like longing to do like we, we can't most of us could not survive for any time at all if we if all this electricity was taken away for a while and just seeing that like it's I just, I felt so sad hearing that. It's like all this wisdom that is so needed. We need that kind of wisdom. And yet the that powerful conditioning that they believe is that it's not valuable. And so matching so much of what we've been talking about, Joss, in terms of really that this the disconnected domination culture or, the, or modern schooling says reading is the most superior form of learning and writing is the most superior form of communicating what we learn. And any other form of learning is devalued and seeing that being passed down into these amazing, beautiful cultures. It's horrific. Mm, criminal. It's a judgment. I'm going to have a judgment. I think that is criminal. <laughs> yes, yes. It's such a, ob- so obvious, isn't it, that that we value like, our ways of, of being above all else. And I think it, it's Wade, I've just lost his surname, Davis, who is an ethnobiologist, which I thought was a really interesting (laughs) title. But he talks really beautifully in the film, throughout the film, about many different things. But one of the things that I was really most impressed by at the beginning of the film is he's saying that like, in the West, we have this idea that we are educating our children by because we are sending them to school. And that people who don't mimic those same patterns in terms of how they educate their children are somehow not educating their children. And so there is this idea that we're going to all these poor places around the world where these poor, simple people need to have our ways of educating our children. But of course, that completely negates the fact that or neglects the fact that people around the world have always educated their children in really powerful and complex and sophisticated ways since the beginning of humankind. So it's really, again, about how we talk often in our podcast about valuing all forms of learning equally. And this film is really about this preoccupation in the developed world, I say in inverted commas, with learning only being in a particular type of way. And that is this book-based sharing of this homogenous 
way of sharing and learning with everybody at the same time and the same thing. And it takes no account of these really sophisticated and very effective ways of educating children that have been going on in these communities for millennia. Yes, exactly. And I'm trying to remember who it was. So my apologies. I think it might have been Helena Norberg-Hodge was saying, and this is done specifically because for for big corporations, for to they people who are independent, people who have their own culture, people who can grow their own food and they make all their own clothes and do all the things with full of meaning and not to romanticize because it's obviously really hard, but I see there's that that joy of that that they are they have that power and they know it in their bodies that they can do that that's then you know adidas is no or whoever it is nike i don't know why i'm naming shoe companies they're no help they, they can't sell any stuff to people like that because they don't they have no need so it's a deliberate process that happens where we make you more and more actually incapable of making your own clothes, growing your food so that we can sell it to you and we can make lots and lots of money, basically. That's the core of why it's done. And again, what it ends up leaving us is people who are actually, really, we've lost so much, all of us, probably everyone, or not everyone, many people listening to this, I would name myself, I have lost my own culture. I don't have any songs from my Pictish roots. I don't know how to... Still trying to grow vegetables. I'm not very competent at it. It's a huge loss that we have, that we actually cannot live deeply connected to the earth, many of us. I know many people can now. And the main reason being, you can't still sell much stuff to people who are that deeply embedded in their land and their culture and their songs and their traditions and their family. And mm. Yes. And it's interesting, while we're talking about poverty that it's actually that cultural poverty that results from this, this system. And there is a quote, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a quote from Helena where she says, Western schooling is responsible for introducing human monoculture across the entire world. Essentially, the same curriculum is being taught, training people for jobs in an urban consumer culture. The diversity of culture, as well as the diversity of unique human individuals is being destroyed in this way. Mm, yeah exactly exactly and I'm actually finding the quote from her that I wrote down that was related to the self-respect thing and she says 99% of all the activities under the label of education come under a very specific agenda that grew out of the colonial expansion across the world by Europeans and now the agenda is the same across the world to pull people into dependence on a modern centralized economy and to pull them away from their own independence their own culture and self-respect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And you think that really there's so much in our culture that is around this education for all idea. And it's so widely sanctioned by governments all over the world. And there are these millennium development goals about getting every child into education and when you explore that a little bit, and they do talk about that in the film, and, and then I did a little bit of extra reading about that as well, because I was really interested in it. But actually, there's a lot of funding that's going into this education for all program that it, in, in for, the, for the World Bank and the UN agencies. But the main financial contributors to this are major Western corporations, including the big banks, 
oil companies, IBM, pharmaceutical companies, Microsoft, car manufacturers, mining companies. And it's all sold to us as this sort of benevolence on behalf of big business to, to get children into school, to bring development to the poor people and to improve their ability to be able to participate in mainstream society. But really, it means just educating people, removing them and disconnecting them from their traditional ways of being so that they then become part of this sort of global economy and shifting everything away from their local economy and their local culture and their own resources in order to go to service of this global economy. So I like the way the film asks, who really benefits when every child in the world is educated in the same way? And yeah, these these programs that are like glorifying Western culture as something that we should all be supporting these poor, backward, primitive native people to be part of and that it will somehow bring people out of poverty is actually not the reality at all. And I love how Manish Jane talks about that, that this process of globalization doesn't lift people out of poverty. In fact, I think it was Helena who said this. The process of globalization doesn't lift people out of poverty. Instead, it actually cements people into poverty. And I think that's such a powerful thing to understand. And this is just I was so shocked when I first read that, that that could actually be true. And now I just, I see it. I see it so clearly. Yeah. And so hear you. And for me, when you're speaking about that, it really reminds me of the bit in the film where there's these the people in the dark in the, this, this massive school. And it was so, so many of the images were so powerful, like basically army marching up and down. But the, the particular scene I'm thinking of is where the teacher's spending half an hour literally probably talking about mirrors and why mirrors are so important because, and I, again, I wrote it down here. Oh, where did I write it? But basically something like, oh yes. Why does one use a mirror to check? one's appearance yes to see how you look yes how you're dressed up yes everybody cares how you look basically reading out of a book and here's this guy you can see he's really gone into that modernized way he's got his like football jersey on he's got his sunglasses on and there's all these people these Ladakhi children who the Ladakh heritage got to be one of the most beautiful long-lasting deeply spiritual lineages ever and these children are basically being told what you look like really matters and you get told that, but then of course that's isn't that great for all the people that want to tell you that that you need to buy lots of makeup and you need to buy this and that and the other to be good enough. I just, to me again, it was just the contrast of that. I just I found it horrific. And again, to see, I think coming back to what I said, I found it so helpful because it's seeing in what's happening in the process, what's already been done to most of us. That, it, you know, that these kinds of things are really important and actually in those deepest meaning and why we're here and what we're here for and compassion for others is not is not seen as valuable it's just mm. yeah I mean that scene that you're describing it, it it's it may it I'm laughing in response to it and I was laughing when I was watching it as well and I, I know that that's because there was lots of feelings under there about how and this teacher is the product of this system and and this is how he's now teaching and indoctrinating the next generation through that and i think when we go back and look i love how the film at the beginning talks a lot about where this sort of global education system came from and in the early 1800s so much of what was going on and we were talking a bit about this last week but about the deliberateness of using education in order to indoctrinate people that we were trying to control basically and there are so many examples in the film of that 
quotes from people who were setting up these systems. So, for example, they were talking about Macaulay in the 1800s, who was responsible for introducing the English education system to all of the colonies, all of the British colonies at the time. And he's quoted as saying, the goal is to make people brown on the outside, but white on the inside. It's just horrific. And then there was a quote from John Rockefeller as well in the early 1900s, where he says, our schools are in a sense factories in which the raw materials, children, are fashioned into products. Sorry, that was actually the dean of Stanford University in the 1800s. But Rockefeller said something very similar. I didn't actually write down that quote. But yeah, so you, we can see oh, where this has I come just, from. I wrote it down. And he said, in our dreams, people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hands. Yeah. So it really, we can really see that this education was deliberately set up as a system to be used by the powerful elite to serve their needs, basically to create an economy that served the needs of the few at the expense of the majority and the loss, the cultural poverty that result, has resulted from this and that continues to result from this is in terms of lost language, lost tradition, lost customs. You, we can see how that's basically been deliberately, deliberately taken away from people all around the world as part of this sort of European colonization that, as you said, deliberately moved people from independence and connection to their own culture to dependence on this modern capitalist system. And again, as we've talked about so many times in this podcast, and I talk, I'd love to just, I'm going to say, go on about, <laughs> sounds a bit harsh, but is that the disconnected domination culture is, I use the word clever, because basically it tricks us to then do it to ourselves, like that teaches then teaching those things, to those children, even though you know, he's lost, he's lost his heritage and then he is passing it down. We, and we've, we do this, we, we internalize it and we pass it down, which is why schools are still so popular. How many people are highly traumatized at school, learned to believe that they were stupid, learned to distrust themselves and to compete, all of that stuff, and yet still believe that school is the best thing for the children. It's a very powerful form of brainwashing, basically. Mm, yes. And, and in the film, they give some really interesting statistics that are probably significantly worse now than they were in, in, in the, when the film was made in 2010. But, you know, they give all these statistics about, for example, the results of this education system in the West. And they're talking particularly about America, where they talk about, you know, 16 million children being diagnosed with depression and you know, several million children being on prescription medication now for mental health issues and all of the issues in schools around school shootings and high rates of child suicide and and the fact that up to 78% of children in various cities in the US are not passing high school, up to 78% in some places. So not only is this being sold to us as a lie in order to control and manipulate and dis and, and make people dependent on the system that is causing cultural poverty, it doesn't even work in the cultures where it was designed, let alone anywhere else. Yeah, and we're kind of laughing, aren't we? Because again, we know from where parenting, we need to laugh. We need to either laugh or cry to actually, and I think there's something about the shockingness of seeing this these things. And I think that's, you know, sending love to anyone. And I do invite anybody who's listened to this to watch Schooling the World many times, because I think it's, you know, to really see these things and also to be with our feelings as we watch it. As I say, most times I've watched this, I have cried a lot to see it. And, and I remember that there was another part that really jumped out at me is the there's a little girl sharing about her language. Again, a 
the, the girl in the duck and there's the the headmaster so again they do this very clever kind of clever they do in you know the filmography of the cutting from him saying how the English language is so important and then this little girl saying oh yes it's so important to speak English because then we can travel and you must speak English and the interviewer's asking you know what happens if you don't and uh she says, oh, you get fined, you know, so-and-so so rupees if you speak, your, they speak their own language in the classroom or in the playground. And, and I just, I'm, I'm speechless, literally, because this is what's happened to, to, again, so many languages dying out. I think that's that, what's his name? The Wade, Wade guy? Wade name? Davis. He talks about that. He talks so poetically about language and how it's not just communication. It's like the way that the soul is expressed and, Basically, languages are dying out by the, you know, so fast, so rapidly. And with them, cultural wisdom and belonging and history. And it's, I find it such a huge loss as someone who's so passionate about language and just to see the look in her eyes, this little girl. And she also talks about, I think it's the same one, is it? Where she talks about, oh, yeah, when I, when I grow up, I will go to other places with my English. And then and the interviewer says, well, you miss your parents. And she's, oh, yes, I miss my parents. And this, this kind of, there's a flash across her eyes of feelings. It looks like she can see she wants to cry. She's in, away at the school, away from her family. And then she kind of, well, she dissociates. You can see her kind of just, you know, mm. going, yeah, but this English is, you know, good. It's just, I just, I, indoctrination I find it really painful to see and again to see uh, we've all experienced this all these ways of learning about ourselves and the world which are just harsh and painful and that have disconnected us from our innate wisdom and interconnectedness and uh. yeah I really I hear you Marion I really hear you yes it's so uh, it's so painful to notice and I and I know you you are so passionate about language and I love all your clarity about language and even just the way that we speak in the West about being in the developed world or developing countries or the third world countries and those labels are so full of, they're so loaded aren't they with with judgment and and disdain really for 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 people who aren't living in this westernized democracies but again as they say in this film that we're we're lying to people that that their future is is this wonderful modern global full of opportunities and that education is the way for our children to be able to get good jobs and to work in this modern economy as doctors and teachers and all the rest of it but the reality is that less than 10% i think helena gives that quote that less than 10% succeed and over 90% end up failing working as servants or in factories but not this glorious life that they were sold and as a result of that so it's so common to see people falling into depression and frustration and actually millions of people are being branded as failures around the world and this also creates such inequality and that such uh, it exacerbates the social hierarchy doesn't it to, to that is so needed in our capitalist culture and the real irony is that she points out is that and i think manish jane talks about this as well that it's sold to us as social justice and the salvation of the poor at the expense of the richness of people's culture really and that it's we're encouraging and demanding that people aspire for what will always remain out of reach for the majority of people and deliberately is kept out of their reach. 
Yes, and several times as you've been speaking to us, I've really been thinking about how they really highlight that there's a phrase that they have in here. The what is it? The oh, the good intentions. What's that? The phrase? road to good intentions is paved with the road to hell is paved with good. The intentions. road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so often, again, because we have been colonized or so indoctrinated by these systems, we don't see. So that is why people so often are doing these things. There's the again the very old filmography where there's the German woman who's sharing about how much she went to. Do you remember which place that was? She went to a particular country. And so I think it was Nepal. I think it was Nepal. She loved the people so much and. It was so lovely and so compassionate and so friendly. And then she wanted to help them so much that she raised all this money. And then she got to got these buildings for these children. And so basically then the buildings meant that the children could not only be in the day schools, but they're actually not boarding school. So they're actually being ripped out of their family and culture and origin. And here she's saying, I'm going to keep doing it because I'm here to help. And of course she's doing it. She thinks that's the most loving thing. And it's our own cultural conditioning which and that's happened so many times isn't it you think about the missionaries and other people like you've shared it so beautifully so many times we think we're helping because we have already been so disconnected from ourselves that we cannot see we cannot see these people do not this this isn't helping (laughs) we need their help more than they need ours yeah absolutely and I loved how you said that Marion that this yeah, westernized education teaches children in these cultures that their cultures are backward and that they're shameful and that they're primitive and that we, on the other hand, are developed and advanced and rich. And of course, that we believe that because we were indoctrinated to believe that was true, that we were somehow simp- superior ourselves. So, of course, we would not question the fact that we would then be imposing that those ideas on, onto the people that we are colonizing, colonizing. And I don't even know what the word is actually, but that and how that would lead them to think that education is only reading and writing and that they would think that they don't know anything and that they would then dismiss this vast knowledge that they do have in terms of knowing about all kinds of things, as you said at the beginning, about how to survive and how to grow food and how to make clothes and all of these other, how to live sustainably and deeply connected to each other. And yet they think of themselves as not knowing anything and being uneducated. And that's what we think too as a result of this indoctrination and you can see how that's the ripples of how we were indoctrinated and our ancestors were indoctrinated in the west and how that's now rippling out and indoctrinating people all over the world and again often in the um, under the guise of good intentions (laughs) we're saving people exactly exactly yeah, there's a beautiful quote from Manish Jain. I think it's he who says Mahatma Gandhi. Often people don't actually really realize what he was saying. That he was, and one of the, again the quote here, he said, "Real freedom will only come when we free ourselves out of the domination of Western education, Western culture, and the Western way of living." Yeah, yeah. That real education is about really contributing to the well-being of life on the planet i think that's what he also goes on to say that doesn't he that and that how far removed that is from the education that we're receiving i think it was really interesting as well that they talked in the film about how on the year that wade davis was saying the year that he was born there were six thousand languages being spoken in the world Mm -hmm. and all of the cultural richness that brought to the world to all of us as human beings and to humanity and now only 50 percent sorry 50 percent of those six thousand languages are not being taught to children and instead they're being forced to speak english and being punished as you said when they're found in the classroom more in the playground to be speaking languages other than English. And we can see again that the cultural poverty that has resulted from that very deliberate way of slowly homogenizing humanity. And how for the benefit 
of the elite. Yes, exactly. And of course, we live here in Australia, where that is exactly what was done to the indigenous people of this land, that in very deliberate ways, to big schools where they were, where their their amazing, rich, like longest heritage on the world. Just you, that's the way you do it. wipe it out from the children. It's very, very, very powerful to put them put them all in schools and. Again, so many horrific pictures they showed on this, this movie in places like Canada, of course, America, many countries around the world where massive, massive schools with thousands of children all sitting down wearing the same clothes, told to, you know, taught to speak English, not taught of their, any of their own incredible heritage. I mean, it's, it's the way to have to just wipe out whole cultures or try to try to <laughs> yeah yeah yes and and the all of the people who contribute to the film talk about this in, in different parts of the film but how there have been so many times in our history where these violent acts that violate human rights and dislocate people have been so clearly deliberately motivated by the economic and the, the, the political interests of of the power structures in our Western culture. And so he, I love how Wade, Wade talks about this and says, you know, if, if you go to somebody else's culture and it how outrageous it is to say, I am here to educate your children. It's such a, he, he uses those words, out, outrageous and audacious. And it really is. It, it's really implying that you're no, your ways are no longer acceptable. We know better. And this is what you have to do. And yet this, it keep coming back to this, the horrendousness of the fact that not only is this impoverishing people in terms of their cultural knowledge and connections, it, it, isn't working in the West either in terms of making anybody's life better except the lives of the few who are in power who are benefiting economically from these structures being in place. That's a and that is really why well. these corporations... It's working really well for them, which yeah. is the whole... It's always only ever been that's been the whole point. <laughs> yeah, and that's why these corporations are being applauded for their benevolence in funding these programmes. At the same time, that's such powerful indoctrination right there, isn't it? They're serving, self-serving their own interests to make money and they're being applauded that they're somehow being benevolent to the poor, the poor primitive people around the world who need yes. rescuing. Yes. And again, on a systemic, this is a systemic issue. And many of the individuals who work in these places probably really, really believe it to be true and really think they are helping again because of their own conditioning. So again, it's just really seeing how these things work on this systemic level i'm not saying everyone is one intention there probably are some people who know exactly what they're doing but i think for you know, many people really really wanting to help and believe that they are helping mm. doing exactly the opposite yes and it was interesting after our conversation last week as well about the history of schooling wade davis talks about this in the film as well that really our species has been around for roughly two it depends how you think of who our species now but roughly two hundred thousand years and the agricultural revolution was roughly 10,000 years ago. And the modern industrial society, as we know it, is only about 300 years old. And yet we think that it's, we are this developed, modernized industrial economy and that we have the answers to everything. And yet it's negating and ignoring and putting down and dismissing and insulting the, the knowledge that has been born out of 200,000 years of human history, really. It's just such a narrow perspective. Yeah. 
Awesome. I'm going to go back to what, a scene that really jumps out of my mind again is the, these the ducky children sitting in their block, concrete block cast classroom all on computers and outside the window are these, the majestic mountains. Is that the Himalayas? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And learning about, and one of them, actually, this was, we just talked about this before as well, when one of them they're talking about, Ah, the uh, vegetation here is, uh, what is it, leucophytes or something. And she keeps it, yes, leucophytes, yes, yes. And and they, they keep panning around the classroom. Again, the filmography, I think, is so beautiful. And these children, most of the time, just look so bored. And, of course, <laughs> they're bored because they're being told this stuff, like, really, like, really. And outside the door is the most exquisite land and uh, again, that really, I cried when I watched that because I remember feeling exactly the same. And I see, see all their faces and all the feelings that are going through in there. Some of them are concentrating, some of them trying to understand, some of them looking studious and looking at their books and others are like one of them's nearly falling asleep. And just like it's so much. I mean, my experience anyway of school is so often being so bored. And I think the, the feeling of boredom, I think bringing in aware parenting here is so often not seen as it's a it's a really painful feeling if you are being forced to do something hours every day and feeling really bored it's actually really uncomfortable so what else can we do dissociate or just I don't know just boredom and again it's like a I see it as a bit like a, a hurt on the human soul to be mm. to be literally forced to listen to this absolute like Again, I get when I get really judgmental, which is not usually my thing. I would like to go to stick with feelings and needs. I feel really outraged. There you go. I'm going to move away from judgment to my feelings. I feel really outraged, absolutely outraged that this is still happening. These right now, there are children sitting in classrooms around the world being taught stuff that I think is absolutely unnecessary, unbeneficial, and damaging to their well-being and to our whole world yeah yes and by by being subjected to this they're being i love this word that wage uses enculturation they're being enculturated to in order to produce consumers basically in our global economy and that's and there were so many powerful moments i loved you were talking about in the film how it counter juxtaposes i suppose is the word images and there was uh, Im images in uh, in i think it was in delhi these billboards with beautiful women wearing amazingly beautiful western clothes and jewelry and all this stuff and then in front of those billboards are standing hundreds of children in in, in living in poverty and it's just oh, it's so striking isn't it so devastating yeah devastating. i think the ones that really also same juxtaposition was all the teenagers and that's the sense of kind of lostness that's really I have the sense they're lost and they were literally interviewing the teenagers and they're all saying like I'm lost I don't fit in my and, uh, and then going back to the cultures they've come from the people saying once they've gone to school they can't do anything they don't know how to look after the animals they don't know how to they've literally lost their knowing of what to do to survive and there's there is this quality of lostness that I really experience in so many of us that's why I go on about the disconnected domination culture that we lose our sense of innate belongingness it's a really it's a rupture I'm going to say it's a rupture of the soul I know that's not aware parenting language and again that juxtaposition of these teenagers talking about with their very western their 
baseball caps and the earrings and just girls got her eyebrows plucked and looking very western on the outside and then showing these the beautiful tibetan sand paintings that take thousands of hours and the and the chanting and the people all out um uh, having the building the not building the getting the crops in and so on and yes of course it was really hard work I don't want to romanticize but also there's this sense that they're all together and they actually look they to me they look joyful and also I don't know if you noticed but for someone who's passionate about teeth and jaw structure and how the how modernization has affected that these amazing older women with these wide jaw structures which we now know from the work of people like Weston Pierce is again so much related to a modern lifestyle and diet and so on it's such a huge loss it really is just it's one of the things I'm most passionate about really in this world is how we've been disconnected from our true nature living in healthy community that goes back millennia that is that has meaning and purpose and everyone has a place and this yeah we've done some pretty terrible things haven't we yes Yes, and the religious element is part of it too. I, I'm, I wanted to say something about religion, but I'm really, I'm really moved and touched by what you just said, Marion. Wow, I think that's just and this the rupture of the soul is, yeah. Gosh, it's a big process that we're trying to unlearn and then find a better ways of being, isn't it? it? Feels like a bit of a mountain we have to climb. But I think this understanding and this awareness is such an important part of that. So I, I have some hope <laughs> by being aware and by understanding and by sharing some of this information it is at least contributing to the potential for things to be quite different and I was really moved watching the film the second time and I was moved by it the first time too but this time watching the children again this juxtaposition of the children living in their communities living their natural ways and the children in the school and I think it was the Ladakhi school as well where they're all outside in their uniforms with these starchy clothes on that are all like mono just one color really and they are standing there reciting the Lord's Prayer and one and they're just doing in this really oh it's like robotic kind of way and it's got this real robotic quality to it and I was just oh I was so sad seeing that and it's so irrelevant it's so irrelevant to them this Christianity and the reciting the Lord's Prayer every morning. Then you see images of them also having to do these movements. They're all sitting in the playground. Everybody's sitting in the playground together and they have to start the day by doing these movements where they are. Again, it looks like robots. That's what it, the sense that I got from it. And oh, it just seems so far removed from how we are designed to live in a meaningful and connected way. Yeah. And isn't it the case that I think of all the things that I'm really passionate about, we're basically trying to go back to what we had. I'm really into barefoot shoes, like all of the things, the types of food that help us to have really nice big jaws, wide jaws again, like connecting with nature. How many of us are doing like, I love hanging things in my house so I can hang so that I can move my body more, like all of us doing exercise, all this stuff that again, is inbuilt into a into an embedded indigenous lifestyle and trying to go back and of course and I think Jay I never remember his name Davis Way Davis I was gonna say Jay Davis he talks about this too we can also be really grateful for the things that we that modernity has brought if you've you know had an accident a car accident something rules are really helpful there is uh, this isn't denying that there have been some 
things that we can really deeply appreciate about what this culture has brought about. But I'd probably say there's been far more damage than enjoyableness. And as you the hope that perhaps we can take what we're learning and seeing deconditioning ourselves so that yes the things that that have been beneficial and are a feature of western civilization can be seen in place in their in their place as one way of thinking about things among many 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 and that together when we actually get to have conversations with different ways of thinking different beliefs different systems then something different can happen Yes, it's about reclaiming and relearning our connection to each other and to the earth and and all of that kind of thing. And I, I think yeah, Wade has this beautiful, powerful illustration of that where he talks about a child raised in America who is raised to believe that a mountain is this sort of inert pile of rock that is just ripe to be mined and to be to have everything extracted from it in order to make money and make things and that kind of thing versus a child in Peru who grows up to believe deeply in his body that <clears throat> this, the mountain is a protective deity. And he's not talking about whether that's right or wrong. He's just talking about the result of that is a child in America. Who, it, how these two systems then create very different human beings with very different relationships to the mountains, to the earth, to the land that we live on. And so I think the more that we can become clear about the deliberateness of the indoctrination and the disconnection that's going on, the more we can start to slowly reconnect to those ways of believing and being in the world that that keep us so tightly connected to each other and to the earth and to the magic of humanity and all of those kind of things. But it does require us to break free of these this indoctrination, this, these systems. Yeah, such a big yes to that, isn't it? I'm so willing, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm so willing for some beautiful changes to come about. And I do think there are so many people out there wanting to bring about change with awareness of these kinds of issues. Like Helen and Norberg, who's been working for many years, I remember reading her book, which now Ancient Futures, many years ago about the Ladakhi people, and she's doing amazing things. There's so many people who are many areas of life really wanting to help. I guess it's really helped people see what's going on so that different choices can be mm. made. And I guess that's part of why we're sharing this, isn't it? That yeah. To help anybody who, well, not to help, I don't want to just be one of, like one of those, but yeah, to invite people, would you like to understand what's happening here in a different way and I had a really big realization as before we started recording this that I hadn't written down the names of everybody who was contributing to this film although I had written down their ideas in my notes and um, my cultural bias really showed up there that I, I wasn't even aware of having because two of the people in the film who I was most touched by what they shared was Vandana Shiva and Manesh Jain and both of them are from the from Indian subcontinent somewhere and yet I hadn't I'd written down their ideas and I hadn't bothered to write down their names and and I see myself as being somebody who is doesn't you know I'm not I'm not racist and I don't uh, but I can see how powerfully I've been indoctrinated into the idea that it's the ideas of the white people that matter most um and and I really love that people like Vandana Shiva 
is so much more uh, she speaks so much and you can see so much of her sharings in and people like Russell Brand have these beautiful conversations with her and you know there's lots of of her ideas now being shared more widely in the world and and Manish Jain I did a quick little research onto him and he has this uh, amazing body of work now about rethinking education and rethinking development and, and what it means to be an, an aid and all of those things so I really would love to encourage anybody who's interested in exploring this more to, to go and look them up and to find out more about their work and to read more about how they're what they're sharing in the world and, and how powerful it is as well as of course Wade Davis has a has a TED talk about this and as you're saying Helena has these beautiful books that she's written so yeah I would really encourage people to go and, and, and learn more about all of these people and, and what they're doing to make changes in the world if this is something that you would you're, you're interested in exploring more. I think it's really helpful information to be put out there, isn't it? Rather than for us all to, to be believing that, isn't it a great thing? Yay, let's all give some more money to people to build some more schools in these poor places who need our help. Mm. No. <laughs> one, one quote jumps out at me. I know it doesn't really fit here, but I'm, I wanted to speak here before because we're yes. winding up now. There was one of the, again, one of the, I think it was one of the Ladakhi people that were sharing. And she said, and again, look, I didn't write her name down. There you go. See, I did the same. My apologies to, to this woman. She said, once the children go away to school, they can't stay here. They have to, uh, they have to make money. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And if, if that was a possibility for the majority of people, it wouldn't be something that was so made us feel such outrage. But the fact is that's not a possibility for so many people. Um, so many people have this have a future of, of poverty ahead of them and that this exacerbates that yes and of course like bringing it back around to also what we're talking about this is also really relevant and I, and I know for me when I first watched it it really helped me on my aware parenting natural learning journeys to understand what I'm doing is not in a vacuum and actually again seeing the process that's happening in other countries has already happened here to us or wherever here is you know in in more colonized places it's just happened a longer time ago so we don't see it so clearly mm. so I think it can be really helpful if you are practicing natural learning and aware parenting to really to see these because it can be really supportive to go ah this actually really matters on a deeper very big systemic paradigm world level these are really important decisions that we're making not just for our own family, but for, you know, on that bigger picture level. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel called to acknowledge the work of people who are in the system and, and trying to make the system better. And the people who are you know, really well motivated to try to make the world a better place, who are trying to teach our children and, and to, to educate our children and to, all around the world in a way that is actually really beneficial for them and and to make life better and it's really the the power of the elite and the systems that they put in place that we're criticizing here not not the individuals in the system who are trying to make things better yeah i think that's really important to acknowledge and really what we're invited to is not not judgment although i did go move into judgment a few times it's really helpful to notice myself i wanted to judge rather than actually and I find judgment's never helpful. I think it's always helpful to notice when I'm judging, okay, what am I really feeling here? What am I needing? And I could see that the, the feelings are really strong and powerful and it's much more helpful for me to feel them rather than to judge. And you know, to really understand 
with deep compassion for all of us who are, who are all part of this at this time all going to be conditioned in different ways that, that all, what we all need is a lot more compassion not judgment so my apologies for those judgments that popped down there yeah they're never personal about human beings it's it's that it's my outrage towards the system that was showing up so yeah thank you for bringing that up joss no, and I love how you share that, Mary, and I've learned so much from you about that, and I continue to learn so much from you about that. And I think even just that sentence about that judgments are really about exploring what's underneath them and the feelings and the needs that are there, I think that's so helpful from an aware parenting perspective to 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 be inviting ourselves to keep coming back to that because, yeah, that's that's really, that's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, judgments never help, but connecting to our feelings and needs does. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Joss. Gosh, this has been so powerful, hasn't it? I found it really powerful getting to look at the movie again. I did say, and I was going to show this, that it was really interesting for me as well. Going through it with the purpose of talking about it was such a different experience for me when I've always watched it before. I've been really immersed in it and have felt so much and have cried a lot as I've shared. And this time, because I was going through and going, oh, what did they say? And pausing and writing it down and what were their names? And that I noticed I was far, far less affected emotionally by it. It was, it was, it had very different effect. And again, that reminds me of the kinds of the difference of learning. And we were talking about, I said, it's the difference between reading a poem for the joy of it and reading it and trying to find out the iambic pentameter, which I went back and to look up because I couldn't, I remember the word or the phrase. And I was like, I have no remembrance of what it was, but we worked out pent. You did pent is going to be five something. And, <laughs> yeah but, and to me that's just yeah it's one of my passions again because of languages I I like to say you know I still I know what a verb is and I know what a noun is and a proper noun but I still and I could work out I do yeah I know what an adjective is but I don't like to I don't like to think of language in that way I don't want to I don't want to strip it out into that and again some people might love that but what I love to do is just to to actually be moved and to enjoy and to feel and to to really experience things rather than know whether they've got an iambic pentameter in them or not. And isn't that interesting? And I'm wondering, I'm just really, yeah, it's just come to me listening to you speak there, that I wonder if we would have had the confidence to trust in the richness of this conversation without writing notes about it, had we not been indoctrinated in that schooling system. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we could come do another one next week where we do exactly the same, but we don't talk about anyone else. We just talk about what we felt and what we thought we could do. Well, you might do that one day. <laughs> and we'll be talking about this in our community as well, because one of the one of the focuses, one of the aspects of our community is where we, we look at this sort of thing in more detail. So I'm sure that's where we will have more yes, of those we'll do that really heartfelt conversations about it rather than rather than yeah, more sharing more of the detail. Yeah. And I do actually want to say, you know, I do value this is so my apology. I do want to say I'm throwing the baby out of the bathwater. Sometimes I really love you know, I love the mind and I love these ways of thinking. And again, it's to me about really valuing all forms of learning equally. So this was a helpful way of doing it to actually before I hadn't looked up the people, I hadn't written down the names. I wouldn't have been able to know what everybody's names was. And clearly I still wasn't Wade Davis, my apologies. 
but it's that that can be helpful and I know that I've witnessed that with my children sometimes this way of learning is really enjoyable okay what is the thoughts and what was the quote and that is actually also an important form of learning but I think because in 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 uh, you know the west it's seen as the only one it's like let's bring all let's give the other ones a bit of <laughs> it's almost like let's let's shine some light on them let's shine light on emotional experiencing things emotionally and all of those so so again my apologies i was disparaging learning in this way i do do love learning in this way as well but it's different it's different and it's not the only way it's just one way of many yeah. I definitely see that in myself that I'm more confident if I'm going to go and talk about something if I have some notes there than to just speak freely from my heart and I I know that's a result as a result for me of being in school and having to get it right and worried I might make the answer wrong or miss something out and be criticized for not concluding that in my essay or whatever so I can see how my school hurts and my school wounds impact now on on my capacity to, to do this kind of thing and yet and sometimes it does add to the richness to have all these notes. And sometimes our, our rich conversations come from just having a conversation and both are valid, but I just noticed my hurts coming up in that. So that was interesting for me. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Isn't it so wonderful? Like the meta level that we're, that we're constantly exploring at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I did mention our community, our doors are open to, to our Aware Parenting and Natural learning community for 2023 it's now the 21st of January how is that how's the year going so fast already 2023 and so if you want to join come and look on our social media or wherever you wherever you find out about us and we share more details about that would you also like to share about what other offerings you have Joss? Yeah, well, that's the main one that I'm focusing on at the moment is us putting our finishing touches to all the beautiful stuff behind the scenes and sharing more about it. And I just, yeah, it's been a beautiful process to reflect back on last year and and what 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 was most powerful and transformative for, for us and for people in the community. And then to be thinking about how to bring more of that to the community so that we can support more people with these things. And so that's been a really interesting and powerful process. Yes, yeah, so I'm still in the process of putting some finishing touches to my aware partnering course and so that is a work in progress a, a labor of love in progress and I'm doing yeah I'm doing one-to-one sessions and sessions with both partners about aware parenting and about homeschooling and you know yes I don't, <laughs> all the usual things <laughs> what about you marion what are you sharing? love i love all your u- usual things <laughs> yes me too with our beautiful community and i also have some spaces for a month with me starting on the first of february so that can be diving into mm-hmm. parenting parenting natural learning really whatever you want to do in relation to my work so i'm excited about that Oh, such an amazing thing for people. So life-changing to have a month with Mary and I, I've had so several, I'm so fortunate to have so much time with you now because of the ways that we're working together. And I see how, what a huge gift that is for my life and my understanding and my practice of aware parenting and, and my wisdom about all these things from getting to spend so much time with you. So I can imagine that's such a gift people would mm. Thank you. Thank you, Joss. And I so experienced that with you. It's like, oh my gosh, your wisdom and your empathy and your compassion understanding so incredible. So yeah, really, I really love imagining all the people that get to experience that with you. 
Yay! Mm, I love our little mutual admiration. Oh, society. I know. It's so yummy. Love each other so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for listening. And we're sending to love to any feelings that you might have had listening to this. And yeah, thank you for listening and see you next time. So much love. We have really enjoyed talking to you today and we hope that you enjoyed the episode too. We are sending you love however you feel after hearing this information. To find out more about Marion's work, you can go to marionrose.net and for Joss's website, it is awareparenting.com.au. We wish you much love and connection on your aware parenting and natural learning adventures. Mm-hmm.